Get out of here. Way back, looks up. There's the cycle. You can put it on the board. Yes! A single, double, triple, and home run in one game. He has hit for the cycle. All right, let's do this. This is The Cycle. Welcome to our new podcast. I'm Pat McGann. I'm here with Jim Flanagan. This is our, again, our first episode. We're at U.S. Cellular Field. It's February, Jim. Freezing. It's brutal. But we are in some hidden room behind the, I don't know where we are. I guess we're behind home plate up in the... uh, the bowels of the stadium. Mm-hmm. Second deck, right? We're second level. It um, feels good to be here, despite great. the weather. It kind of feels like opening day. It's so cold out. It, really does. it feels weird that it's almost baseball season, doesn't it? it like does. we're getting to that point of spring training and things, but it's it, it's a quick progression from here. It is. And uh, in case you hadn't noticed, we are not broadcasters and uh, we're not baseball experts. No idea what we're doing. We're just a couple comedians. We're from Chicago. We are huge White Sox fans, though. Born and raised. And the Sox are. Giving us opportunity to do this uh, this show that's going to be a lot of fun. We got uh, you know our first few episodes are going to be baseball players, White Sox players, um, but hopefully we're going to grow into some other avenues, just bring you Chicago people of interest. Really, it's a great opportunity for me just to ask these guys the questions I want to ask them since I was twelve. And what's you know, that? Like, just can, every, I, <laughs> can I touch your hand? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Will you write your name on this mm-hmm. piece of paper? Yeah, absolutely. It's you realize when you're older that the whole autograph thing is just a little bit. A little bit odd. It is I have weird. some. I do too. I have a couple. Who do you have? I got. Well, I have a couple good ones. I have Walter Payton. That's a nice one at home. But uh, you know, on the socks, I got Frank Thomas, uh, Carlin Fisk. It's just weird when you get them on just a piece of paper. Yeah, I am not. I have a Frank Thomas bat. Well, that's cool. That's, that's just, pretty. I'm signed something like a ball or a yeah. bat. I can see that. But now, it, when you see adults, especially people uh, older than the guys are asking, mm-hmm. I just feel uncomfortable for. And them. just like pushing children out of the way sometimes to get those autographs, you know, <laughs> right. it's really, it's it's kind of weird. It's like the whole jersey thing, and that's you. my hard and fast rule: you cannot wear a jersey of a player that's younger, younger than, than you. you. I think that's a solid rule. It's no, I'm not a jersey wearer. If I but not if either. I were to wear a jersey, um, I guess my player would be Fisk. Fisk is a good one. I had a, I think the last baseball jersey I wore was my Paul Canerco All-Star Game jersey. So you guys um, are dangerously close in age. Yeah, well, he's a little, let's. He's probably like he's a retired. year or two okay. older than you. He's retired. I'm just starting my career with the White Sox. How old are you, Jim? Literally right now. How old so are you, Jim? I'm 35 years old. Okay, I think he's 38. Well, I and mean, that's, it's not dangerously <laughs> it's not, close. You didn't like grow up watching him, though. Like, I, no. Fisk, I was, you know, that's when I fell in love with the Sox. I've probably been a Sox fan since. Since 82, 83. Sure. 83 for sure, winning ugly. But, Is that what did it for you? Oh, yeah, hooked. Yeah. And then a lot of my friends fell in love the next year with the other team because they had a good year in 84. Yeah, that was me. All my friends, I mean, I grew up in the Burbs, so all my friends kind of rooted for that north side, and uh, it wasn't for me. My family was born and bred, diehard south side. I still have family in Bridgeport, so it was just kind of, it was also a way just to stay away from what everyone else was doing. You sound like... <laughs> He's so connected. I still got family <laughs> so, in Bridgeport. I still I know people. I have connections out here. The Sox have had a pretty busy off season. And being at the park, you see these new video screens here. That's cool. Twenty five years of the cellular field this year. Twenty five. It, to me, uh, for my money, most fan friendly stadium I've ever been to. You I mean, they've 13, really. Jim. I know. <laughs> never been to any other stadium, but for the all for all the one stadium I've been to, it's my favorite. The Sox, a uh, big move this week. Real big move. Really excited about it, actually. Matt Latos signing. Matt Latos. Um, he did sign, and he signed with one T. 
<laughs> in Matt, <laughs> which bothers me. Not a fan. I mean, I'm excited to meet the guy. I think he's going to be great, but we don't do that in Chicago. We use two T's. Two T's, like a grown-up. No, I'm yeah. with you. Um, I do think, though, that he's a great signing. I think, I mean, coming off, obviously, a very down year, but it was knee issues, so, some, you know, rebounding from knee issues. So a guy who, in his prime, was one of the best pitchers in the NL. I yeah. mean, huge trade sending him from the Padres to the Reds. So, I mean, he's one of those guys who, if he can rebound, and look at what the Sox have been able to do as far as helping players rebound, especially pitching staff. And I hope when he strikes guys out, they're like, you know, he gone. See you, Latos. <laughs> Latos Alligatos. I like that one. <laughs> Latos Skatos. Latos Alligatos is awesome. We should definitely make T-shirts. <laughs> that would be great. That That is a shirt. Get the gator with the Latos jersey on. <laughs> just, and this Latos. Just, they could do the put those on the, the new screens. Yeah, and the new video sports. Oh, my gosh. That is great. Yeah, I'm excited about being back at the park. I miss the food. Even being here today, I was kind of hoping to get a Cuban. Uh, oh, apparently, Cubano is awesome. They don't keep the vendors here year-round. There's only one stand you can get it. Right. A lot of people don't know about it. And I think it's a Mini Minoso shout-out. It's it's really? Like, yeah, he's, his name's on the sign. Didn't realize that, but Cuban. it's fantastic. One of the better Cubans I've had. Me, my biggest weakness at the ballpark, the churro. Chocolate-filled yeah. churro. Only place I've ever had in my life. I don't think I've ever ordered a churro anywhere else. It's probably not true, but as far as I can recall, not a big fan of ordering churros anywhere, but right here. Yeah. I need a churro. <laughs> and then you, you need some ice cream out of the helmet. Mm-hmm. How about um, so it'll be fun to get these guys going. Spring training upon us. Pitchers and catchers have to go early. I feel I always feel bad for those guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> the guys. If I was a catcher, I'd be like, you know, what? I'm gonna play first this year. I'll be I'll be there like a week later. Right. Like, no, you're you're. We signed you to catch. I know, but I can't be there. I, just, I don't want to do that anymore. I got plans that weekend. <laughs> I mean, it's the guys who take the most wear and tear to begin with, you know, yeah. and they're just gonna make them work longer. I think what they should do is take the guys who have the terrible Aprils. You know, how every team's got one or two guys who like always hit two hundred in April. It takes right. a little while to warm up. Why don't we send them a month early? Those are That's the guys the, who could use it the most. It's the weather, they say. That's why they shouldn't even spring train in Arizona. Uh, Socks just spring train in like Southern Indiana. Don't get me started. Maybe like ten degrees warmer because then they come back in April. It's like not. It's not Arizona weather till July. It's seventy-seven degrees in Glendale, Arizona, right now. It's not seventy-seven in this room. Right. We're indoors on the second floor in a soundproof booth. Right. Because no we can't get it. Here. We can't get it to seventy-seven. Yeah. This and is a... that's not what you. It's not getting you ready for being in Chicago in April. No, it is not. But Soxfest was a uh, a great kickoff for the year that kind of gets you thinking about baseball and uh we were there that's where we recorded our interviews that you're about to hear um how about for our first episode frank awesome. thomas uh, incredible the and big hurt i mean my favorite player is a kid uh i feel i was then why don't you pick his jersey i have a frank Th- coach <laughs> and so it was the that's last the one jersey i had. You should wear yeah that, but the last your one absolutely but i i mean he, uh, I have a Frank Thomas jersey too. I was just saying the last one, but they've both been several years since I've worn a jersey. Can we not make home me out to be that guy? The Frank, yeah. I have the home jersey. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I used to love the home jersey. I still do, but I, you know, I like the away because it says Chicago. Solid. It, it does. It is nice. But I got to tell you what I really like. I just saw the uh, the churros? new spring train. Yeah, I love churros. <laughs> Can we talk about churros for a moment? Uh, Frank answered a lot of questions about churros. Um, no, I uh, I love the new spring training jerseys. Have you seen them? That's oh, yeah. kind of the old school White Sox batter up logo. Yeah, uh, I love those. I, I think I want to get that hat too. Yeah, check those out. You guys can check those out at, at White's or follow Twitter on uh, at White Sox. But go to WhiteSox.com. Um, tickets are probably going to be on sale by the time this year uh, this airs this first episode. If March fourth, March third or fourth, I know March fourth, three four. Oh yeah, Chicago's birthday. 
three, March four. 4th, Chicago's birthday. Good day to do it. So make sure you get your single game tickets. They're going to be available. And um, uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Other than Big Frank, who was a joy to talk to. A blast. You know, was a joy. He was, uh, he was hilarious. He was good. And, uh, you know, we start to talk to him about some things at the end there. That's kind of, I think, where this, this podcast will be headed as we uh, continue to develop. So enjoy that one. Um, kicking things off, though, we have Ron Kittle. And Tom Pachorik, who um, were nice enough to sit down with us as well. Fantastic. So, yeah, also at SoxFest, um, live at Kitty O'Shea's, the, uh, two members of the 83 winning ugly team, and two of just the most naturally funny guys. It's kind of yeah. the type of guys where you have to kind of corral them a little bit to answer questions. You know, they just they just kind of, especially Kittle, just, they like to do their own thing, and they were a lot of fun. Yeah, and Pachorik is probably looking at us like, you guys have no idea what you're doing. Absolutely I'm no clue. I'm a real broadcaster. <laughs> anyway, this is, uh, this is our, uh, our initial episode, our inaugural episode. Enjoy it. Tom Pachorik, Ron Kittle, and then uh, we'll be in the Big Frank. All right, hey, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. We're really excited Coming to bring up to you. right now. Let's, let's give it up for the 1983 right. Ladies and gentlemen, Ron All-Star. Kittle. Ron Kittle. Ron has a baseball card in his hand that they used in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> what the hell is this? Look at this thing. Is that a magnet? What is that? This is great. You're going to sign this and give this away to someone? or? No? That's yours? All right, that's yours? That's yours. All right. Okay, that's his. Sorry. Give it up for Ron, Ron Kittle. Kittle. Kitty. You're seeing Kitty at Kitty O'Shea's. Ho, ho, ho. Hope you're having fun, everybody. Are you drinking beer there, bud? Yeah, Ron, do you want to get it? you want a drink? Not yet. We know people. We'll, we'll hook you up. What? So, Ron, I was just saying, I was seven years old. In 83, I think that's when I, I know that's when I fell in love with the White Sox. I was at the Tito Landrum game. I was a uh, huge follower of the Winning Ugly team. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because this is your first year in the big leagues. I just mentioned before you came in about your minor league season in Edmonton. How many home runs did you hit? I said 51. 50 home runs. 50. My very last at bat, I hit a home run. Uh, the end of season, got invited to go to the big leagues, hopefully two days later, and that's how it all started with the White Sox. But wow. I grew up in Gary, Indiana. I made $72,400 in 1976. When I got in the big leagues, I made $30,000. You made wow. more money. So I took a cut and pay to play baseball. Where were, you, where were you working in Gary? I was working uh, all through the steel mills, American Bridge, but I was working uh, double time, you know, overtime, making all the money I could. That's fantastic. So now I have no money. <laughs> <laughs> so you're that's here with us, and we appreciate that's it. That's why I agreed to do our podcast. You have a here. nice Harley Davidson shirt, though. I that do, counts. I do. That's right. Do you ride? Do you ride Harley? I ride. How many do you own? I own one, a 2003 uh, anniversary fat boy. Where's your favorite place to go on a ride? On the seat. Okay, that's perfect. <laughs> I, saw, so I, follow you. You. I follow you on Twitter. No, I, we, I go to Sturgis. Okay. Yeah. And uh, went up there, saw the buffalo, the bison, the pretty landscaping, uh, the mountains, Mount Rushmore, you name it, it's awesome. Is it therapeutic? Like you ride with other guys or are you just by yourself? No, I ride with my better half. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So but she gets, she gets mad because I wear the chaps all the time with assless. <laughs> 
and uh, it's a little damp and chilly, but you know it warms up during the day. You can't afford the full chaps. You made thirty grand. You well, yeah, you know the backs are cut out of it, but right. uh, now it's fun. <laughs> Get what you can. <laughs> but I, you know, it's fresh air. I do my best thinking on it, and that's where I come up with the ideas of my designs that I make. Ron, we're gonna. I think we're gonna. Have, get great. Yeah, we're gonna get Tom up here as well. I think we're gonna. So you want me another, to get out of here? No, no, no. You say, yeah, Ron, thank you. That was enough. No, you, you stay. stay no, let's you stay. Bring in, let's you bring stay. in Wimpy. Come on, Wimpy. Come on, Tommy. Tom Pachard, ladies and gentlemen. This guy. Another one of the winning ugly white socks. Does he not All look right. good for ninety years old? We're talking he looks about great 80, for ninety. We're gonna talk a little bit about eighty-three. It's his first year in the big leagues. And what what year was that for you? Okay, uh, my 27th. 27th year. <laughs> no, in 1983, um, that was my. Uh, that was about my 10th year, I guess. 10th year? Yeah, something like that. And the that. year after you were. Uh you won the batting title, right? No, that was in 81 oh, with okay, Seattle. Yeah. But I, I got released so many times in between. You know, I, I got released three... Oh, I was on my way to getting released three times in two months. But I, find, I, I got lucky in one game, so I, I was able to stick with Seattle and then uh, was traded to the Sox in 82 and played with Kitty in 82, 83, 84. And then I got uh, sent to the Mets in 85. Were you guys buddies, 83? Oh, you know, Tommy's the only other number I knew on the team because it was 44, 42. Nobody was in between us. Right. Makes so sense. that's how I knew Tommy. Photo ops all the time. You're Line up to everything. next to each other by your numbers. Absolutely. That's how you guys became friends? No, you know what? I know uh, your number. You know, I watched Tommy when he was playing. We both started our careers with the Dodgers. So, you know, when I was early age, I did some homework who played. I saw great minor league teams he played with, the big leagues team. So you follow people. I saw him in Seattle. You know, good hitter, get great. It was a, it was a good team in '83, and we had a good complexion of everybody. So you start with the Dodgers, and you, I know you were just with Tom Lasorda in Arizona, trading stories. Any good stories that he shared with you that you want to share? Well, Tommy's with heard Tommy Lasorda's stories. How many years? Forty years. About 40. About 40 68, yeah, 1968, and, uh, yeah. I can't tell any of them here. And that's, pretty, yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty good gig, though. They'll get arrested. Yeah, we, yeah. Throw us in jail. No, really. You're not going to get arrested. Says the guy with his children. We're in a bar, you're fine. The Chicago yeah. cops are busier with a lot of other stuff <laughs> yeah. right now. They're not going to be like, hey, <laughs> no, Chork's telling the story, the Hilton. Yeah, man. But we were at Fanny's camp, and we did a combined Los Angeles, L.A. Dodgers, White Sox camp. Tommy and I just spent last week in Arizona. It was 73 degrees. Uh, Perfect sunshiny, and uh, we had a good time. A lot of good campers. Uh, the first day they go to camp, they're just excited. They're pumped up, wanting to play. By Wednesday, the trainer's the most popular person in, in the camp. So these yeah. are just regular guys that How are cool putting, paying that? money to go play baseball, you guys? Yeah, guys like Mike from Naperville. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, 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 sorry. What does that cost? If How you were that? at the uh, what does it cost? family feud, you, oh, you got to know Mike. Four to five thousand dollars per person for Four a week. Four to five for, for, for a whole week. week. Yeah, but that's <laughs> uniforms, hotel. That's that's everything. Yeah. So I mean, there's guys a week away from your family. I mean, that's priceless. Yeah. Are any of the guys good? Yes. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> They're all terrible. Are they really? No, actually, there's a few ringers out there. Some kids in their early thirties. Uh, we've had a few guys that were yeah. pretty good. The Dodgers a- were very competitive, but they they came down to our level as the week went on. Yeah. Do you get a lot of guys who think they're really good? Do you get a lot of former athletes thirty yeah. years removed? Oh yeah, and you kind of got to put them in their place a little bit. Nah, get, no, we really. make them we, coaches. We humor them. <laughs> Does anybody get hurt? Anyone get hurt? Yes. Oh yeah. Everybody gets hurt. <laughs> I mean, 
You can't you hear that? Everyone gets hurt, and it's four cold. grand. Oh, that's it. <laughs> so if Just you want to sign injured. up, we have a list over here and then at the can. bar. Four to five thousand dollars to get injured by Ron Kittle and Tom Pachora. Wait, I don't injure them. They Anyone injure get themselves. hit by a pitch? No, they don't throw them fast enough. But you pull muscles, hamstrings. You know, it looks like somebody shot these guys. You know, with oh, a, that's a, hilarious. a sniper fire. But they go down. They go down quick too. And, Who else uh, is down there with you guys? Any other uh, guys you play with? Uh, we had uh, Mark Salas, the bullpen coach. Uh, Artie Kushner to Cave was telling oh, yeah. his uh, stories of a lifetime, which are hilarious. It, that's worth the admission in price right there to listen to him. Uh, the Dodgers had Ron Say, Steve Yeager. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rick, Rick Monday. Rick Monday. Eric Carroll. Oh. Pedro Guerrero. Like all those guys Guerrero. played for the Cubs, Yeah, too. and let's not forget Harold Baines, who hey, should Harold be in the Hall of Fame, right? Totally agree with that. Let's talk about that for a minute. Why isn't he in the Hall? I have no idea. So he's just, just shy of 3,000 hits. Right, and he's got 1,600 and some odd RBIs. I don't know how many homers. He's got over 400 homers. The DH thing seems to be wearing out. Like, people don't care as much, but that probably hurt him a little bit. Yeah, well, he probably doesn't uh, balance out sabermetrically with ruining baseball right now. But Harold is is ultimately, he doesn't get a whole lot of consideration for it. And it's really an injustice. You know, 290 career hitter over 20 seasons. Well, I remember and when uh, Derek Jeter was reaching like 2,500 hits, and he went on to hit 3,000, and he was great. But he was like coming up at 2,500, and the whole ESPN, everyone's going crazy about this, 2,500. And The Onion ran an article, and it was like Derek Jeter being celebrated for having 300 fewer hits than Harold Baines. <laughs> <laughs> it's just put it in perspective. It's like, sure. yeah. yeah, because he's Jeter. He got out of the pub. Well, it's, it's, Harold it's, Baines, it's where the marketing is. New York is the right. powerhouse of marketing. But Harold's quiet, too. Yeah. Harold's Wouldn't not going to be the guy to go and to the bathroom like, himself. He doesn't self-promote. He's a no. humble guy. Yeah, he deserves not to like be. Not like Tommy and I. No. Right. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. That's why you, you, know what Kitty's, you know what Kitty's definition of boredom is? Is having to listen to someone talk about themselves when he wants to talk about himself. <laughs> What was he like as a rookie? What was he like his rookie year? Not humble. No? <laughs> no. What was he like as the veteran? Can I say asshole? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. you can. Okay. It's a podcast. You well, can say that. You know, the thing no. about Kitty is you could get on him all day. Like, we'd play that Karnak game every once in a while. Somebody would hold up a cart and they'd yell out, catch 22. And everybody yell, catch 22. You open up the envelope and it'd say, what would Ron Kittle do if you hit him 100 fly balls? <laughs> but, and he took, but you know, he was, Quiddy was a great hitter. And he did, he wore out good pitchers like Burt Blylevin. And, you know, we'd do it to him to try and bring him down a little bit until he told us that he was going to turn the clubhouse into an emergency ward. And then we kind of quit. Oh, that's great. Uh, it, I know, quit anyway. I didn't get on. It, I didn't beat up by guys a lot smaller than him. No, nah, it's all fun. You know, so that's 80, part of it. 83, slow start, incredible second half, right? Wasn't it? One of the best. Unbelievable. We won 17, I never forget this, 17 games in a row at home. And, you know, you get to the point where you think, we're never going to lose. You, you have the attitude, well, we're going go to the sh- we're gonna show up and uh, we're going to win. And that attitude kind of permeates throughout the entire season. And it was just one of those years. And uh, you're actually shocked when you lost the game, right, Kitty? Absolutely. You know, it was... We didn't want. We didn't know how to lose, to tell you the truth. And uh, I don't know if Tommy, you guys know what the story winning ugly really was. And I'm going to tell you about it because I don't think anybody really knows. 
we were playing, we were losing by one run, and Julio Cruz was batting, and he hit a chopper in front of home plate, and it bounced straight up in the air. It came down, hit the front of home plate again, rolled over the mound, two-run score, we win. The next night, Tommy was batting late in the game. We were losing by one, two men on base, and he did one of his notorious big swings that hit the chalk line over shank. first base. A shank. shank. Two-run score, and we win. So the third night, and the only way I can explain it, Dave Stewart was pitching. There was one out. He thought there was two out. There was a comebacker to him. Scotty Fletcher hit it. So he takes the ball, and he was notorious to run into first base. He took the ball, touched first base, threw it in the air over his head, rolled out on the mound, two-run score, and we won that game. So there was a total of 18 inches of balls hit. And Doug Rader said, that's the ugliest win in baseball that I've ever seen in my entire life. That's crazy. That was ugly. That was ugly, but I remember I remember something pretty that happened. Uh, you were part of it, back to back to back. Right. And tell, yeah. tell them that story. Well, I think it was Pudge. Uh, Rudy. Pudge hit one in the roof, and I hit one in the first row of the left field, and then Bull hit one on the roof. So there was a lot of yardage over there from those two guys. But, um, yeah, it was three on? in a row. It was Tommy John. Tommy, oh, Tommy John. Tommy John. Yeah. Well, he was he with probably the wanted to have another surgery after that. You know, Tommy John kept me in the in the major league because I, I think I had more at bats against him, and I hit like 450. And the only reason I did is when he had Tommy John surgery, he needed somebody to catch him and hit against him all winter, and that was me because I was his neighbor. Are you kidding? So I knew every every dirty trick he would pull. Oh, that's and, fine. Yeah, and he kept me in the major leagues for many years after that because uh, I knew exactly what he was going to do. So that. Thing like I feel like new older players now might be like these guys are too chummy. They all know each other. They all but you were you were friends with Tommy John. Were you friends with other guys like anyone else no, in the league? I, I, that I didn't were... like anybody, and nobody liked me. No, I True. played with the Yankees. Uh, you know, every every major league baseball team, the players want to win, and they're just playing baseball hard as they could. You know, but I, I communicate with a lot of them. It was fun. Look, everybody doesn't hate Kitty. Everybody hasn't met him yet. <laughs> See, that's what's called a joke, ladies See, and it, gentlemen. And I even set him up for it. Yeah, Tom, that was hilarious. Can you guys hear us well out there? <laughs> yeah. We're trying to yeah. tell jokes. Well, then wake right? up and Tom, react. I'm a little younger than Pat. I was two when the 83 team played. Oh, thanks. So, uh, but that being said, I knew you first and foremost. I think some of the younger fans might agree as one of our most beloved announcers. I think when you were on the air with Hawk, I think it was one of the most entertaining broadcasts I ever got a chance to listen to. What was that like? I mean, going to work every day with the two of you and the chemistry you had. Well, I can only sum it up by one day I was thinking during the game and I said to him, Hawk, you know there's nothing I wouldn't do for you. And I know there's nothing that you wouldn't do for me. So let's just keep doing nothing for each other. <laughs> no, it was, it was great working with Hawk. <laughs> what was it like leaving for Tampa, correct? Was it Tampa? Am I right? Oh, no. I, uh, I just left. Oh, I was yeah, gone. The... He gone. There you go. No, but I've, I've, I've enjoyed coming back and, and you know, filling in yeah, periodically. Yeah, oh, yeah, I love it. I'm really it. glad for that. You might yeah, have some more opportunities fun. this year. You never know. That would be fantastic. All right, guys. Well, we are uh, very appreciative of you to join us, and um, you've been doing stuff all weekend, so we'll cut you loose. I do want one other. Um, I want to ask you one other thing. In '83, best moment off the field. <laughs> best story. 
just share something with these people that hasn't been said before. All right, here's my video. <laughs> Come on, have that video. Right. We can't have that on it. Wow. I remember after we won that game because we clinched on like September first. So you got a whole. And then we all went out. out. I think it was what Rush Street was the big place. Sure. And then we had a day game the next day, and I, I don't think I've ever been that plastered <laughs> in my life. So um, we invoke the uh, age rule. You didn't have to play that game if you were X amount of years. <laughs> oh, is that right? So Ron was playing after you clinched. No, I, I just played yeah. a little bit, but. Uh, Tony came in the locker room. Bull never made it home that night. No. And he still was in his underwear and his uniform. And the director's chair was blocking the light over his head. And Tony goes, hey, Bull, you want to play today? And Bull was notorious for just, like, cocking up a cheek and letting one rip. And Tony goes, I'll take that as a no. <laughs> well, that was a great year. And I still, I know I hear Hawk talk about it still. It's like if that had been a seven-game series, or if that had, you know, Lamar Hoyt was going. Yeah. It's a different story. It's a different year. But thank you, guys. Thanks for being here. Ron Kittle. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, so very much. Thanks so much for joining us. Tom, thank you. All right, that was our conversation with Ron Kittle. And Tom Pachorik. How fun was that? That was great. They were they were a blast. Those guys and, uh, can they'll stay all day if you let them. You know, they, I mean, they're just a lot of fun. Love telling stories about. Well, I've done some stuff with Kittle, and he's a big you know part of the organization. So I'm sure we're gonna hear him a lot throughout the uh, good throughout these this podcast, the life of this podcast. I mean, he did stand up with me at Zany's on uh, the Chicago Stand Up Project, sure. and just a good dude. He's got a million stories, so we'll have him back on here. And uh, Tom Pachorik, you know, everyone remembers him as a player, but also as, you know, as you mentioned to him when you talked to him about being a broadcaster, broadcaster. it was a little bit awkward when you brought it up because you're like, <laughs> 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 where'd you go? <laughs> he did eventually end up in Tampa. He did. He I did. just didn't realize right, it was right. kind of whatever. I meant to ask him this. His brother, John Pachorik, also played in the major leagues. I didn't know and that. He played, well, he only played one game. Okay. And he was three for three, five plate appearances. You know, he walked twice. He's one of the only guys, or maybe the only guy, with more than two or three plate appearances. To batting a thousand. Batting a thousand. That's awesome. John Pachork, the Colt Forty Fives. How do you never get brought back up at that point? How do you name your team the Colt Forty Fives? I don't think that would fly today. Playing the Mad Dog Twenty Twenties. Uh, we have an issue with the name of your team, <laughs> the Machine Guns. <laughs> that doesn't really paint a nice picture. Well, we're, this is Texas. <laughs> we're not we really caught up with everyone else. <laughs> Um, so anyway, that was a lot of fun. Our next conversation, this is what we were really excited about in launching with, uh, with Frank Thomas is, is just a way to get off the ground. I mean, this is, uh, this that's is, a great, I mean, one of the cool things too, just about that day is no one knew what was happening in there. You know, I mean, right. I mean, it was kind of, it was back to back, especially you, you could tell <laughs> I was not understand where this is coming from. Um, but we, uh, you know, you walk in there and, and you get to see wimpy and uh, kitty and, yeah. and that's great. And then all of a sudden you turn around and Frank Thomas is walking up to the podium. Like no one knew what they were seeing at that last day of Sox Fest, and that was a lot of fun. Right. So it's, it's me and Jim w with Big Frank, but you also hear another voice. Kevin Bozeman is, uh, is the other guy who joined us. Jim and Kevin are going to be kind of rotating co-hosts on this podcast, and uh, they're both great comics here in Chicago. So the, uh, the voice you're going to hear, the additional voice, is uh, Kevin Bozeman. So hope you enjoy it. We'll talk to you soon. Thank <laughs> you.
I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited. Um, All right, this is a thrill. You're excited, I'm hungry. <laughs> Big thrill for I us. Smell food. To put things in perspective, I saw this uh, online today. There are 69 living Hall of Famers. 69 living Hall of Famers. We are lucky enough to have one of them with us right now. He needs no introduction. The Big Hurt, Frank Thomas. Hey, hey. Thank you, great White Sox fans. It feels good to be back home at Sox Fest this year. I've been there a couple years, and you know, after being there like 18, 19 straight years, it feels good to come back to Sox Fest. So thanks for having me back. Thanks for being back, Frank. I think I speak awesome. for everyone here. I mean, we love having you. Yes, sir. Awesome. Yes, sir. Well, Frank, I know Chicago has uh, adopted you. It's not your where you're from, but Chicago is certainly how people identify you now. Tell, tell people, where are you from? Where'd you grow up, Frank? I'm from a small town called Columbus, Georgia. Uh, it's about an hour away from Atlanta. But, uh, you know, I've been in Chicago now over 30 years. So yeah, you, uh, so you never left once you got here? No, Chicago's a great town. I've, I've lived all over the city. And uh, I left for a period of time, but I was back and forth. Had some back right. Yeah, here but I, I never really left Vegas here. I, I, all, I over the, here. all over the city? Like no, 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 no. Stony Island? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> no, you're right. Not all over the city, but downtown. <laughs> a little bit here and there. Yeah, no, a little bit here. No, Oak Brook. Yeah, I mean, Bird Ridge. I was out there. Now I'm up north in Libertyville. I've been there since 2008. So uh, and I've been on both sides of the town, basically. And you love got it. your... Uh, Big Herb Brewhouse in Berwyn. Big Herb Brewhouse in Berwyn. You guys got to come see us. You guys got to check it out. It's fantastic. A lot of, lot of great stuff. The great food, great beer. Yes, great time. Great times. What do you what do you get there when you go when you eat at your own restaurant? Uh, I get the Big Hurt Burger. You got to get the Big Hurt Burger. Big Hurt Burger. But you better come hungry. What comes yeah. on that? <laughs> what comes on the Big Hurt Burger? It's uh, a pound of beef. <laughs> That's it. Just think about it. A pound of beef. Any cheese? Cheese. Bacon, brisket, oh, caramelized onions. Wait, it's, it's a pound of beef? Yes, all of that, brisket. but it's, it's really it's not offensive, though. No. Not, it's, okay. it's not Does offensive. it come with a defibrillator? It's, it's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Actually, I'll take the paddles on the side. It's a little more healthy than you think it is, yeah. but uh, it's very tasty and people awesome. love it. So no, have a good great. time with that. That's fantastic. But I do have the Little Hurt Burger, too. So The little, Craig Rayback? Half a pound. Craig Rayback. Half a pound Little Hurt Burger. It goes over very well if you're not that hungry. Did you love the nickname Big Hurt immediately? Yes. Hawk Harrison took care of me with that nickname. Right away. I always hated nicknames growing up, and then Hawk nailed it right away because he's the best at making nicknames. He do it all the time, but uh, he nailed mine. He really did. I remember you coming into the game, and you were hitting balls to right field. I was like, this dude's opposite field power is insane. Right. And I can remember seeing the footage. You're number 15 at that time. Yeah. Yes, Why did you ch how, how'd you go from 15 to 35? I always wanted to be 35. I was 35 in college. High school football number was three. College baseball number was five. So when I was just playing one sport, I combined the numbers to three fives. That's, who that's who what had happened. 35 when you were a rookie? Um, nobody had 35. But... Uh, uh, Mr. Hines at the time wanted me to wear Dick Allen's number. Okay. Oh, is that right? When I came up, he was like, I want you to be, I want you to come back in the biggest presence we've had since Richie Allen. I want you to wear 15. I was like, I didn't really want to wear 15. I didn't like the number. I understand that it was, it was Dick Allen's number, but I was like, 35 is my number and I wanted 35. You know, I always thought, I always thought that because you had such great uh, eye, hand eye coordination or whatever, you took, you were so selective at the plate. That that prevented you from really contending for a triple crown. I think so. 
I think it also, I mean, uh, realistically, I could have hit six, seven, close to seven on their home runs. But the strike short year, you were But my first 10 years of my prime, I really cared about getting on base. You know, I didn't care about, you know. And uh, George Bell said that to me one day. He was like, man, you're killing your career numbers with home runs and doubles. You quit trying to walk, swing, go deep. I'm like, that's not my focus. You know, that was George. He loved his home runs. So uh, having him behind me for, for a year, uh, I learned a lot, to go out of the zone a lot more to drive in runs because of George Bell. Was there any guys that, like, that batted behind you through your career where you were like, man, I got to swing because even if I take a walk, I'm not advancing the second? <laughs> not really. Not really. I was protected pretty decently my whole career. I mean, there, we could have had superstars, but we didn't need it because my eyes was, I was so selective. It didn't matter. If you didn't throw the strike zone, I would take my walk, and most power hitters wouldn't well, do we that. we talked to Robin Matur about his grand slam record. Like, he hit yes. a lot of grand slams. He hit a lot he of grand slams. you because he was hitting behind you. I know, but he hit a lot of grand slams. Yeah, Robin, uh, he, he had a fair for the dramatic. He was Dr. Grand Slam. <laughs> I think only one person did it better than him, and that was A-Rod later on. But, yeah. you know, Robin hit a lot of grand slams. But you so have you, one of my... You have one of my favorite stats ever, and that you are fifth all time with over 120 sacrifice flies. Say. But you never had a sacrifice bunt in your career. No, no were, sacrifice bunt. Were you embarrassed? Like, did you not I want to swear, embarrass I the pitch? I swear one time, fouled the ball off, and Jeff Torborg said, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> you tried? You did? Jeff Torborg, he had me one time. Oh, Jeff Torborg, on. one time. That's what my favorite year is. Stat. Your, my rookie year. Rookie year. Rookie year with Jeff Torborg. Oh, my goodness. When, you, he, when he called drag, that signal, did you, you try go, and, what? Did you yeah. try and drag it? Well, I didn't. I didn't. I had our coronation because I could get a bunt down because I did it every day in practice. But they called in the game, and I was like, man, I don't want to bunt. I want to try to run in. How many stolen bases you have total in your career? You know, I think it's somewhere in the 30s. There you go. Really? Yeah, oh. I mean, I, I can run a little bit. Yeah. I can sneak them. Well, you play football. Well, I can right. sneak them now. You I play mean, football? Oh, yeah. I, I used to run a 4-6, 4 consistently in college. Oh, you would have been a monster at a tight end. No, I would have lasted a short period of time, just like the rest of my friends. <laughs> did, you play, did you play with Bo at Auburn? No, Bo left the year I got there. You have I was am- supposed to play that year, but he was ineligible because of the plane flight he took to Tampa Bay. You have an amazing distinction wow. in that, I believe it was back-to-back seasons, you were in the same organization with the White Sox as Bo Jackson and Michael Jordan. Yeah. And you were the best player on the team both years. That's pretty. Do you think about hey. the sports yes. significance re- of that? I remember that locker room with Michael Jordan and Bo Jackson in the locker room. We had some great times. That's man. Beatles stuff right I've there. I've been around some great insane. athletes in my time. We've had, yeah. throughout my career, we had a lot of great athletes come and go in this organization. And you were better so. than all of them. Did, at you those learn anything? Did you learn anything from those guys? A lot, man. I mean, it was greatness. It was just, what I learned the most is, like, how come so many people can sit outside and wait all day to get an autograph? <laughs> because when you got Bo Jackson and Michael Jordan in the same building, and at the time they were, like, the two biggest athletes in the world, it was the craziest thing you've ever seen. I remember being down to Sarasota going, how in the hell are people going to move all those cars? It had to take some pressure off of you, though, It was that bad right? every day. What was, about autographs? unbelievable. It had to take it pressure off of you, though, right? Yeah, like, I had whoa, no you pressure. talk to them. I had no pressure. I'm just going to go hit 340. I had no pressure. You know what I mean? That's great. Michael had them, like, it was, it was unbelievable. That's I don't want to knock autographs because I know a lot of people here like to get them, and I used to, I used to love a good autograph. Would you rather take a picture with someone, shake their hand, or sign an autograph? It depends what day it is. Because you could get a flu, you get the flu <laughs> I, from shaking their hand. I would do it all. You would yeah. do it all. No, I do it all. I mean, I, I I've done so many autographs. I take a lot of pictures. Even at my restaurant every day, I'm there. And people that we take a lot of pictures with everybody. So how often are you there? 
I'm here a lot. Awesome. You don't get your burger every day, though. No, no, no. That's once in a while. <laughs> Come on. I eat healthy, man. It's a special I treat. Grilled salmon and salad, man. I'm sleeping all day. I'm trying to lose the big, some of this weight. You may be the big now. I'm, I'm like two more years and I'm 50. You know what I'm saying? I wow. got to slow down. You still look like I'm you can I'm 47 right now. I'm, I'm closing in on 50, man. I got to start worrying about health. That's incredible. So, yesterday, we we uh, we interviewed uh, Adam Eaton, and Adam yep. Eaton told us that there's no way that we can come close to hitting one home run, even if they pitched it the exact way we pitched it. Wow. Is it that hard to do? I think it, I can hit hard. one out, man. You might get lucky. You might get lucky. I might get lucky. But Kevin likes to make this podcast about him. <laughs> I mean, if also, because you, yeah, you hit, hit five, one out. You, you hit, hit 521 out. of them. So Frank, what do you think well, about me? Well, you know you what? If they're throwing a ball 85, 80, there's a chance. Right? There's a chance. But so, I, I wouldn't count it, but there's a chance. All right, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough, fair enough. There's a chance. I've seen guys get contacts. I've seen wrestlers come in. I've seen other athletes come in. FAC balls come in. They, they, they're able to do something every now and then. Frank, being a Hall of Famer, I think that's the ultimate acknowledgement of what you achieved. There are some things that bother me that I think that you got kind of shorted on. 93, 94, your MVP. Mm-hmm. 2000. Mm-hmm. You put up an MVP year and probably some other years, but you had guys that were not maybe right. doing things the right it way. It happens. But I'll tell you what, being in the media is tough. When you got different guys doing well in different years, sure. sometimes they get tired of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It happens that way. The media get tired of you when you have so much success at times. And, you know, I That's didn't get it when I played. That's what the Hall of Fame does, man. I know what, but you I, probably were a little as a player, <laughs> I was teed off. But as I've gotten older and wiser, I get it because I watch some of these guys now and it's like, ah, let's talk about that new guy who's tearing it up. What's you it know, like? that's just the way it is. What sure. was it like in the call? About being in the You know what? I didn't sleep that two days before that. I didn't sleep well at all, you know, because, wow. you know, people were saying, yeah, you're going to get in. But then others were saying, well, maybe you played a lot of games at DH and that would be something different. And it might not happen. So you might not get in on the first time. So it was stressful. It was important for you to be first yes, ballot. Right? It was stressful, but. You know, I felt validated once I got in just because I went through a lot dealing with the steroid era and uh, knowing that I was clean to play that era and I, and I dominated in that era. So you, I felt like I deserved to be a first, first ballot and I got you it. Absolutely. And you. that's sure did. You were the it, only. It meant a lot to me. You were the only active player who agreed to be interviewed for the Mitchell Report. Yeah. You know, Why was it so important to you? You know what? When I got there, I really didn't know I was the first guy. You know, I'm like. Everybody's hiding, and, yeah. and and Senator Mitchell said you're the first guy. That, I was like, holy crap, I'm in trouble. You know, that's why I felt like I'm gonna be in trouble because I'm the only guy that stepped up. And I'm like, there's so many guys that were not on it, right? But they right. would not go for the right. interview, right. and I don't understand why. Yeah, you know, because it made the whole game look dirty when I know the whole game wasn't dirty. You know, there were clean players playing, right. but they didn't have the the goal and meet Senator Mitchell. It didn't make any sense to me. Man. Some of the. Uh, your greatest years were like, I would say like a golden age of sports in Chicago, 93, 94. Sure. Jordan just retired, but the Bulls were a great team. You guys were a great team. Sharing the city with them, Jordan, Pippen. I mean, if I yeah. was to do a Mount Rushmore of Chicago athletes, and this is not a, a hey. new, this is not a new city. This is a city steeped in sports mm-hmm. history. And you have maybe two or three of the guys on the Mount Rushmore of Chicago athletes playing at that time. But sharing the city with Jordan, Pippen, you guys come across each other a lot? A lot. And uh, it pushed me. Yeah. You know, that was greatness. And uh, there was no bigger star than Michael Jordan. And it being a town, excelling at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I was slighted many days because Sir Michael. But, hey, you know, it wasn't a bad thing because I knew Michael and I spent time with Michael. And 
just learning things from him and talking about being great and what you got to put into it every day, it really helped my career. It really helped my career, and, and it helped take me mentally to another level. Did you guys ever go out in the town? Did you ever hang oh, out with Michael? Of course we did. Of course we had a few beers every oh, day. Oh, your life there. is so hard. Friend. You know, it's tough. But Michael's Michael, and uh, one of the greatest we'll ever see. You know, they, they try to compare everybody to him, but they'll never be able to compare anyone to Michael Jordan. Ah, that's right. That is true. Uh, it was a bad. It was a bad week. The question was watching him break so many bats. It was a bad week, but uh, no, it was fun. He really cared. He wanted to play, but uh, yeah, he had a hard time hitting. But uh, we helped. We all helped him out, though. He was such a great athlete. He started getting better and better and better by the week. So that, you never at know. That point, at that point, you got to find ways to motivate yourself because you're pretty good. Right. You're pretty damn good. Well, and you're trying, and then you're looking at at other sports. But Michael athletes. put in the Michael put in the work. Sure. Oh. He worked his butt off. We we're like, some people just can't play the game, you know. But right. his body wasn't just built to be a baseball player. He's built to be a basketball player. His leg strength wasn't what it needs to be to be under the the core and leg strength of a baseball player is different than a basketball player. Right. What, what's he had those more, long legs that was just meant for jumping. What's more important, like the 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 like the having the waist strength or right that that forearm power? What if you had to if you which say, one would you choose? I would say butt and core. Yeah. The butt core? And core, yeah, yeah, hitting the baseball. And it allowed you if to turn, solid butt turn core, faster. Yeah, it's great to be big and strong up top, but if you got a, a great core, you'll see some skinny guys. You're like, how in the heck they hit the ball that far? It's right. about the core. Right. I want to bring something up that uh, I I was at the game when you came back with the Oakland A's mm -hmm. and. A lot of people were upset that you weren't on our team. You weren't on the White Sox anymore. You came in, you got a great reception, and you, you what'd you do? You went deep, this. man. I, I, was, I was back at home. You had two home runs. I, I yeah, two home runs. came back against I the tell A's. people, though, I, well, how does that? I was on the team that opened the ballpark. Right. 19, we opened yes. that ballpark. That's 25 years this I year. I had more at bats than anybody else combined in that stadium. Yes. So I it felt is, like I was back home on my turf and yep. – you know, I didn't even think about it. It was painful because, you know, not being in the White Sox uniform, it was like, that's all I knew. After 16 years, man, that's all I knew. Been in that strange uniform, but I was back in my batter's box. I felt it was my batter's box. I had success that night, just like I had success before. Uh, I was, it, it really got my season going. You had a year, man. I was really struggling to that yeah. point until yeah. I got here to Chicago. And got in that batter's box. And then you were top five, I believe. I took off. Top five MVP voting. Top again. three. Top three. Top sorry, three. Sorry. Top Man three. Man knows the stats. Top three. Top three. And second in comeback player of the year, correct? Yeah. I mean, it a was fantastic a season. It was a great year. So, Frank, what do you like to do now? What are, you, what are your non-baseball interests? Well, I spend a lot of time at the Big Herb Brew House in Berwyn, so you guys got to come check us out. Um, but now I'm doing TV now with Fox. I'm doing a national, national broadcast, a show called Baseball Whip Around, and also I'm doing the National All-Star Game and the World Series on the pre and post game show. So I'm, I'm doing a lot of things in baseball right now. I'm doing a lot of homework in baseball because I have to keep up with all the teams now and not just my socks. So it's a little difficult, but I do a lot of homework on the socks, and it's easy because I know what's going on. I'm living here, and I, I hear all that stuff. you just want to chill out? When you just, what's a, like the relaxing day for Frank Thomas? I watch TV, man. Yeah? I watch TV. I love TV. What are you watching? Uh, everything, from soap operas to sports. Do you, to, watch, do you watch Making you, a Murder? I, I, no, no, Netflix? don't watch that. No, I don't like that. <laughs> you didn't see that? Are you a binge guy? I've seen it, but I don't like you, it. You didn't nah, like it? No, no. I like my soap operas. I learned that as a kid. Soap operas? Yeah, because like, you got to understand. I had three older sisters uh, and a mom. And this is when you I had a mom and three older sisters, so I had to watch soap operas. I like uh, one day to, you know, hey, one hour to... Grow up with three older sisters and a mom, you will be watching some soap yeah. operas. The funny thing is, a lot of guys yes. in here not All my children. Yeah, Frank, I've been like there. part of my growing up. I had to watch it every day. 
There's wow. a lot of dudes nodding with you. They're either uh, unemployed uh, or I, big fans. One or the other. Like, yeah. There are a lot of, so there are lot of major league pitchers. Yep. They're going to be like, really? This dude? Yep. <laughs> what's, playing on your, uh, what's playing on your iTunes right now? If you, you hit play, what's going to play? Uh, I would say The weekend. I really like nice. The weekend. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. They saw something a little different. But I, I still love my, my hip-hop. I mean, if you talk to sure. my... You talked to my teammates. I drove them crazy for years. I was that player that came in the locker room <laughs> every day, putting on that loud, obnoxious hip-hop, getting guys with energy. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Back, so back then, Dro- what were you bumping? Droving, oh, everything. Everything that's top. Everything's the top five, top ten. It was being played. that's how you roll. You're oh, top three MVP. Bro. All my hey. teammates, they used to hate me at times because I always come in and just flare that thing and, like, let's go to keep the energy. Two-time MVP. And people are saying right now that's missing in the locker room because most guys come in with their own headsets and their beats right. and – you don't have the team like listening to the same music and you know giving each other a hard time. I asked Kevin to be here to ask the questions about bumping yep. and rolling. <laughs> bumping and rolling. <laughs> I didn't feel comfortable being like, so what's what, what's bump, what bumping? How you rolling, <laughs> Frank? Well, you got. How about are you able to go like hang out in Chicago without being bothered? always now? Always. Yeah. It's totally changed now, you know. But I've always been approachable, so it never bothered me. I'm like. Sure. I'm like the guy next door. I talk to everybody. You know, I'm yeah. from a small town in Georgia. We talk to everybody. We didn't say hello to people. Something's wrong. I was that guy when I got to Chicago and said, hey, hey, and people look at you like, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it was different. <laughs> it was different. But down south, you didn't walk around and say hello to people. They thought something was wrong with you. You know, yeah. they, they would look at you a little differently. That's so, not you're like normal dude. It's weird. That's, that's, not, that's, that's where I was raised. That's, that's refreshing. So being a Hall of Famer now, are you stumping for anyone that's not in the Hall of Fame that you think? Tim Raines. Tim Raines, ladies and gentlemen. Tim Raines. Tim Raines. Raines. There's a lot of people in this room that agree with that. Tim Raines. I mean, how's that I, work? Do you, get to, do you get a vote as in a veteran community? Not at all, but Tim Raines was one of my favorite mentors on this team. When he got here, he had so much energy. In the clubhouse, man, you can't replace that guy. He got guys going every day, good or bad. He was that guy on the field. You made an area, yeah. he'll look at you like, ah, what's going on? <laughs> but, you know, it's one of those things yeah. that you knew you had to play hard because Tim's going to get on you. So, get you. But Tim Ray was a hell of a player, man. I drove men so many times. But uh, as for a locker room guy, a locker mate, there was no better in the game than Tim Raines. But his, his stats shows he belongs sure, in the Hall right. of Fame. Insane. So. Were, you as, were you as shocked as I was that Griffey did not go in as a member of the White Sox? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And the Cincinnati Reds were shocked, too. You know what I mean? So, you know, I knew he would go back to Seattle. That's SI He should have never left Seattle. Everybody knows that. But uh, he went back home. That SI cover with the two of you, how big was that for you? It's still big. I see it every week now, and people are, you know, you go to memorabilia uh, shops now, and you go to a show. That's the first thing you see on the table is that, that thing. And I'm sure you're going to see it a lot this year because he's oh, getting yeah, the Hall of yeah. Fame. And and that's when Sports Illustrated cover meant a little bit yes. more than it does now. Yeah, yeah. That was a, that's an iconic cover. But Griff, you know, like I said, I grew up with Griff in the game, so I got to compete against him many nights. Uh, totally amazed of his ability. We had a lot of wars, but I'm really happy. I'm still trying to find the three people that didn't put him in the Hall of Fame, you know. <laughs> but it's one of those things that uh, he was a special player of our era. He could do it all. He had no holes in his game. It was amazing. Has anyone admitted to you they did not vote for you first ballot? Oh, yeah. Uh, they, who, they what happened to those they guys? There's a lot of people that didn't vote for me. I know they are, too. I saw the whole ballot. Really? But it's okay. It's okay. They made a mistake, uh, especially <laughs> dealing with the error I made. I mean, I played in. They yeah. made a huge mistake. And what but it's did, okay. And what you stood for? Do you have a list at home? But I, like, but I played uh, so many games. It off I understood, you. though, because I played so many games a designated hitter. And I tell people I did that. But those are the rules. Well, no. I did that to... to, to let a, another great White Sox player into that lineup day to day, and that was Absolutely. Paul Gunnerko. Yeah. We saw yeah. what happened to Paul Gunnerko. Yeah. You know, I could have been that stubborn veteran saying, I'm not moving that first base, and then a, something might have happened. I mean, one of us would have got traded. You know, it was yeah. one of those type of situations, but I said, hey, 
you know, you it was, it was about, it yeah, it was tough. It was tough. But I didn't mind going to DH because I, you know, I stayed on base so much that it was taking a toll on my body. And uh, that's what why I broke do down later on in my career. What would you do when they're in the field? I was inside on the bike or in the cage hitting. Yeah. You know, I had a guy, I just saw him a few minutes ago. Where's Rob? Rob, Rob, Rob around here? Did you ever miss He him? was outside, but Rob threw me countless, countless hours of BP in that cage in between innings. During the Did game. you ever wow. almost miss an at-bat or like, like, dude, you're up, man. No, you it was rough. I pulled some hamstrings and different things like that because you hit a ball in the gap. Your first instinct is to take off full speed, and you might not be as loose as the players on the field. So uh, it's one of those things, man, that I don't regret any of it at this point in my life because uh, it, it unfolded great for me. That's so, great. Does, so does Edgar Martinez belong? You know, Edgar was an incredible hitter, but his numbers are a little short. And yeah. I don't know how you measure it because uh, 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 Edgar was a third baseman who right. was injured, went to, but he was one of the greatest hitters I've ever seen play the game. Yeah. Uh, but his numbers are not Hall of Fame worthy because he got guys like Fred McGriff with 496 home runs who was a 300 hitter is not in the Hall of Fame. Right. But I loved Edgar and everything he stood for, but his numbers are, you know, you look at the crime dog and look at his numbers. Sure. You understand that it's the, it's, it's it's the Hall of Fame is a tough. It's not supposed to be it's easy. A, it's a tough vote. That's it's why really it's supposed is. to be easy. That's I think he's a Hall of Famer, 69. but but you look at the numbers and you look at Jeff Bagwell. We all know how great Jeff Bagwell was. It was speculation he might have been on the juice or whatever else. But his numbers are right now. He's a little short as a first yep. baseman for the Hall of Fame. He has 448 home runs. Right. So we know how great all around hitter he was, but he's a little short. Well, you are a Hall of Famer, and you belong in there, and we saw it happen in front of our eyes. We thank you for mm -hmm. being here today with us. Well, thank us. you, guys. You guys, what a treat, huh? Thank you, guys. Make sure you check out. Thank you, White Sox fans. Once again, it's great being back at the Sox Fest for the 21st time. So Frank, I'm happy to be back. Frank, tell them one more time. Big Hurt Brewhouse in Berwyn. Oh, Big Hurt Brewhouse, 6801. And, Sir Mac. Guys, your, come by and see us. Your and your Twitter. And I'm there a lot. And you're a Twitter. You're great on Twitter. You um, have you know, what Twitter. You, what, you're at? Jesus, I don't know where I'm at. At underscore Big Hurt. I'm the Big Hurt underscore. That's yeah, yeah. it, 35. That's it. Yeah, follow my Twitter. Big Hurt follow underscore me guys. 35, is that what you said? Yeah, Big Hurt underscore 35. That's it. But, uh, right yes. Here. But at thank right you guys for inviting me back. It's good. All right, thank you for being thank here. It's a pleasure, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, go get something to eat. Thank you, guys. Thanks for being here, Sox fans. All right, that was Big Frank. A lot of fun. He was great. Really enjoyed to talk to. Yeah, the um, funny. That, that was, the conversation was was fun. I feel like we were starting to really get somewhere with him, so we're hoping to get back with Frank Thomas too. Talk to him more about uh, his soap opera love. What's that? And uh, what he does on a on a typical day. I mean, that's kind of like more what I want to talk to these guys about. Sure. Not like, hey, do you remember sure. when you? <laughs> it was cool. It's weird, especially when you're doing it live though, and in front of at Soxfest is a yeah. You, you know, you have a lot of people there who want to hear about those things. So it was a lot of fun. But I'm with you. I'd like to get a little more. Well, it's hard not to talk about all he, he accomplished. Yeah. But it's also like now he let's break has that. talked about that. But exactly. uh, we were able to get some more out of him. And uh, what a good guy. And that was so funny when you brought up being in the same locker room with Jordan yeah. and Bo Jackson. Being the question that got the applause break, that was pretty cool. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty <laughs> Solid. good. Sounded pretty sober during that. You know what so, I mean? That's, uh, if we, we touched them all. I think so. Let's bring it home. How's that for a baseball Look reference? This is the cycle. The cycle. We hit. We hit for the cycle. Using our first it. At huh? Our first at bat. Our first game. Unbelievable. It takes four at -bats. Take that, John Pachorik. <laughs> so, three yeah. for three. We're four for four. Yeah, we're batting a thousand too. So uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, check it out on iTunes. Go to WhiteSox.com. Follow the White Sox on Twitter at White Sox. Follow me on Twitter 
at McGann Pat. I'd love that. And Jim, what's your Twitter? At Jimmy Flan. Yeah, follow Jim Flanagan too, and Kevin Bozeman. Follow all of us. Be followers. Please do. All right, uh, we're going to be posting another episode soon. Another great episode, if I say so myself. We sat down with Darren Jackson mm-hmm. and Adam Eaton. A lot of fun. So look for that. We'll be posting it shortly. And thanks for checking us out. He gone! He did it!